0: You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciple's journey with me, as this week we're reading through the book of Daniel. I think every episode I've just told you how much I love the book of Daniel. In fact, the struggle that I've had this week, more so than any other week, is trying to limit uh, my teaching on Daniel. I really wish I could just walk you through every single page uh, and every single verse. I've taught the book of Daniel, I think, three times now in the past uh, 20 years of preaching and uh, and by teaching, like doing a uh, verse-by-verse study, and I did it just a few years ago uh, for us on Wednesday nights uh, at the church, and I'm ready to jump back in. I know I've got to limit myself uh, even this week in... Uh, in, in teaching everything, but I, I just, I love the book of Daniel, and I specifically love Daniel chapter 9. Uh, when we ask, how can we share the book of D- Daniel evangelistically? How can we share the gospel? I usually take a lot of people to Daniel chapter 9 if we have to stick to the Old Testament, so when I'm talking with Jews, or talking with those who really question a lot of New Testament books, um, I I take them to Daniel chapter nine, because there is for me a I I would say a a clear uh, passage that points to why Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I want to walk you through that today. Uh, I, I I do want to share with you, and I'll probably mention this at the end, but. Uh, I just got done um, recording a series uh, on eschatology or end times, and uh, my dad uh, recorded that, and uh, we've got uh, at least 15 videos, I think, a 15, uh, 15 to 18 video lecture series that's going to be coming out pretty soon, where I walk people through my interpretation of Scripture um, uh, of of the end of times. I've preached it several times, and uh, so we just wanted to put it in a video lecture series and and get that out to people, and and, uh, in that, I take a whole lecture series, a whole video, probably about 30 minutes worth on what I'm about to share with you, Daniel's 70th week from Daniel chapter 9. So um, you can call this a commercial plug uh, as part of this but if if what I'm saying today maybe doesn't make a lot of sense or you're um, you're still fuzzy on some details when that comes out in the next few weeks uh, I would encourage you download it um, and uh, and and walk through Daniel 70th week one of the greatest I believe one of the greatest prophecies in the Old Testament concerning Jesus Christ so let's jump right in Daniel chapter 9 Daniel is uh is is praying? He's fasting, and he is uh come becomes aware that the time of captivity is almost up—the seventy years—and Daniel uh, confesses, repents, has a great time of prayer with God that we see, and then in Daniel chapter nine verse uh uh twenty four, Gabriel comes to him and gives him a vision, and notice what it says in Daniel nine verse 24. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks, and sixty-two weeks it will be built again, with plaza and moat, even in times of distress. Then after the sixty-two weeks the Messiah will be cut off, and have nothing, and the people of the Prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and its end will come with the flood. Even to the end there will be war, the desolations are determined." And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering. And on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate, even until a complete destruction, one that is decreed, is poured out on the one who makes desolate. You may be reading that and you may be saying, what in the world is going on? Well, scholars have called this what we know as the of Daniel's 70th week or Daniel's 70 weeks prophecy. So I need to give a little bit of background. Trust me, I cannot go into great detail. That's why I said at the beginning, um, there is a video lecture series coming out soon that you can, can hear this or you can go look up and, and see. But I don't, I don't trust a lot of people when it comes to this prophecy. Um, so I, here's what I see. In order to understand Daniel week, you've got to understand Leviticus chapter 23. Now, if you've been with me on Sunday mornings, you know we're going through Leviticus. I'm so looking forward to Leviticus 23. Let me give you a brief overview. The Israelites were given what is known as the law of the Sabbath. So when you go to, and I'm not going to read it because of time, so you go and you read it. But when you go to Leviticus 23, verses 1 through 4, And 25, verses 1 through 5, God sets up a pattern of Sabbath rest where every week you work for six days, you rest on um, the, the seventh day. Well, in chapter 25 of Leviticus, you find out that God set up a pattern not only for weeks, but of years, that there should for the land be six years of work, and the seventh year you rest or let the land rest, and uh, allow it to lay there and trust that God is going to provide a harvest. And so that was the pattern given to the Israelites as they're coming into uh, to the, the land. And God says, let the land rest. So six days, one day rest, that's seven days make one week. Six years Uh, you work one year you rest, uh, let the land rest. That seven years equals one week or hepta. Uh, And so the Israelites were given the law of the Sabbath. Second, the Israelites were, it was prophesied that they would break the law of the Sabbath. In Leviticus chapter 26, verses 34 through 35, God tells them, you will break the law of the Sabbath. You're not going to listen to me. It's almost like God knew what was going to happen. Wink, wink. So the Israelites would break the law of the Sabbath. Now, what's interesting is that's prophesied in the book of Leviticus. When you get to the book of Jeremiah, and we read this in our uh, reading in Jeremiah, God says, now you're going to be punished. For 490 years, you have disobeyed me. So, the Israelites were going to be punished. Jeremiah 25, verses 11 through 12 show that. He prophesied there's coming a time. Then, 2 Chronicles 36, verses 20 through 21, is the fulfillment of that. So, so he he says, You're going to break it in Leviticus 26. Then he says, You're going to be punished because of it, because you have broken it in Jeremiah 25. And then it shows that they were punished. 2 Chronicles 36. How were they punished? they had to go into captivity. This moves us to Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 through 2. Daniel realizes, hey, our 70 years of captivity is almost up. Well, have you ever asked why 70 years? Well, again, the pattern of 70 weeks. A week of seven years, hepta, means a group of seven. Pay attention, and you can go back and listen again, but I want to make it very clear. In this A group of seven years is called a week. Now, remember, he says in Daniel 9, verse 24, 70 weeks have been determined. So, 70 weeks is a group of 70 sets of seven years. Or, 70 times 7 is 490 years. So, think about it. From Leviticus to Jeremiah, there is a time period of where 490 years go by, not necessarily from Leviticus, uh, but from the time that they go into the land. 490 years go by where they defile the land. What were they told to do? Work six years on the land, take one year off, seven years, let the land lay fallow. So 490 years go by and they defile the land. They don't listen to God. One out of every seven years for 490 years equals 70 years. Again, there's the math. You got 70 sets of, of seven years. 490 years. One year every seven years is 70. Every seven years equals 70 years for 490 years. That's why they had to go into Babylon, had to go into captivity for how long? 70 years. Daniel says, Whoa, it's almost time. God's about to get us out of here. Now Daniel 9 verse 24 says 70 weeks have been determined, 490 years are determined. So we've already seen 490 years have gone by and you failed. Now 490 years are going to take place and it's going to show the one who's going to succeed. So here's how this is laid out. He says in verse 25, 70 weeks have been determined um, to, to do what? To make an end of sin, to make atonement. Well, what does that mean? Well, for the end times to be fulfilled, sin has to be vanquished with the cross. So in verse 25, he says, There will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. So you get seven weeks plus 62 weeks is 69 weeks. Okay, So if you're not a math major, understand this is how this this works out. Seven weeks, he says, that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks plus 62 weeks. So until Messiah the Prince. That means from the time that Israel is given the command to go back and rebuild to the time of Jesus Christ, 69 weeks. Well, what does that mean? Well, 69 weeks times seven years is 483 years. If I simplify it, it's 7 weeks is 7 times 7, 49 years. 62 weeks, uh, 62 times 7 is 434 years. 49 years plus 434 years equals 483 years. Simply put, in verse 25, God, through Gabriel to Daniel, says 483 years are going to pass from the time that, you're, that, that Israel is told to go back and rebuild until the Messiah shows up. Now, here's where it gets a little more tricky. Just pay attention. According to Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1, the Israelites received the command to rebuild. And Artaxerxes came to power in 465 B.C. Well, Nehemiah 2, 1 says that 20 years into that, which would be 445 B.C., that's when the command is given. Now, so 445 B.C., most scholars say March 14th, 445 B.C., uh, that, at that on that day, they're told go. Now, I told you, 483 years later, okay, according to the Jewish calendar, according to Luke chapter 3, verse 1, in the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar uh, is when Jesus' ministry approximately began. Well, Caesar Tiberius came to power in A.D. 14. Fifteen years later would be A.D. 29. Jesus' ministry was roughly about three and a half years, so he was crucified probably 31, 32 A.D. Uh, and then when you look at Passover of A.D. 32, uh, it was in April. So a guy by the name of Sir Robert Anderson, you'll hear his name the end of, uh, of the end of this week, Uh, in my, hey, check this out moment, but the guy by the name of Sir Robert Anderson put all of these numbers together, and here's what he determined, that when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, his uh, proposal is that everyone, all the Jews knew, the, the Jews that studied Daniel knew that that would be the day that he would ride in because they would have the timeline, seven weeks plus 62 weeks equals 69 weeks, which is 430, uh, 483 years, which is 173,880 days. What Sir Robert Anderson said, and whether you agree with the date or not, this is what he proposed, from March 14th, 445 B.C. until April the 6th, A.D. 32, which is four days before Passover when Jesus would have died. That's 173,880 days. To the day Sir Robert Anderson said Jesus was prophesied to enter Jerusalem. Now, we can't go based on Sir Robert Anderson, and I'm not going to. What we know, though, is based on Scripture, 69 weeks were determined until the Messiah would be killed. 483 years. Now, if that's true, and I believe it is, and I have taken many Jews through that to show them it had to be during the first century, not only during the first century, it had to be after the time of Tiberius, uh, after the first reign of Tiberius. it had to be before 70 AD, uh, the, the destruction of Jerusalem, uh, that the Messiah would come, and so you've got at least 25 to 70 AD, and it had to be in Jerusalem during that time. Uh, all of the things start lining up, there is only one man that could fulfill, not only the prophecies of Daniel 9, but all the prophecies of the Old Testament, it had to be Jesus Christ, our Savior, and our Lord. And what I love about this is that when you actually look at Daniel chapter 9, who is correct in Daniel 2, we saw that in the previous episode, in Daniel 7 and 8, uh, he is correct about the Messiah. So what does this mean for us? Well, number one, we should trust the Word of God. Amen? Like, God's word is active, and so when we share in evangelism, we point people to the word of God. Daniel 9 is true and trustworthy. Second, we should watch for the plan of God, that that God knows what He's doing, if we can trust his word, we can watch for his plan. We could watch how Babylon fell, the Medo-Persians, the, then uh, the Greeks, then the Romans, how the Messiah would come during the time of Rome uh, for such a time as this, uh, that, that thought uh, uh, that the book of Esther even tells us, God has a time and a plan. And then we should stand for the glory of God. Consider this. Daniel is seeing this when Babylon, and uh, uh, or when, when the Medo-Persians are in control. And uh, Daniel's seeing this, and he still has to choose to stand for the glory of God, even in the midst of being thrown into the lion's den. But fourthly, we should share the gospel of God. I want to take you to Daniel chapter 12. Look at verse 3. It says, those who have insight, very last chapter of Daniel. Here's how Daniel closes the book. Those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. Those who lead the many to righteousness, like the stars, forever and ever. Daniel's told that, hey, you know, wisdom's gonna increase or knowledge is gonna increase, people are things are gonna take place, but the most important thing you can do is lead people to righteousness. What is that? That's a call for us to do what? Evangelize. Daniel chapter 9 is an evangelistic passage. It tells us the Messiah is coming. Daniel chapter 12 is a push for evangelism. Shine like the stars in the sky. I love the call from Daniel for us to share the gospel. And, And let me remind you that as we trust the word of God, watch for the plan of God, stand for the glory of God, and share the gospel of God, there is still what I believe one week left. What do you mean one week? Well, remember... Daniel's seventy weeks prophecy. We've only talked about sixty-nine weeks. I believe that when Jesus died, the clock stopped, but there was still a period of seven years left. And, and this is where I'm going to remind you. Uh, there's a video lecture series coming out on eschatology, the end times, that I want you to uh, to 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 download and look at and and watch because it will explain in more detail. But I believe there's a seven year period. The seven years is not called the tribulation. I believe the great tribulation fits within it for a specific time, but the seven years is just called the seven year period. It's a covenant time that is broken in, in, halfway. And Jesus actually refers to it. Remember what Daniel said, uh, or what was told to Daniel in Daniel 9, a time of, uh, of desolations uh, by one who makes desolate? Jesus refers to the abomination of desolations that will take place before he returns. And so uh, what we understand is that we should be sharing the gospel because there is still one week left. And I believe that week will culminate. And what's the purpose? Well, 70 weeks have been determined for you and your people to do what? Seal up time. The end of times, you cannot understand eschatology unless you study Daniel chapter 9. What a fascinating passage. Uh, Again, I told you, I love Daniel. I love studying Daniel. I love walking people through the book of Daniel because it makes me love God even more. I can trust his word, watch his plan, stand for his glory, and share his gospel. As we close out this episode, uh, we do want to look at our throwback Thursday, our moment in church history. Moment of church history uh, takes us to uh, the 16th century, early 16th century, with a guy by the name of Michelangelo. No, not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, but Michelangelo, who completed the 16th chapel, uh, which is in St. Peter's Cathedral, in 1512, in Rome, I've actually had the opportunity to stand in that cathedral, in that chapel, and look up and see uh, what he had, uh, what he had painted. Uh, it includes nine scenes from the Book of Genesis, seven Hebrew prophets, and uh, it includes different uh, details concerning Christ, and so. I want you to understand why this was so important, because in that time, the 15th and 16th century, we know it as the time of the Renaissance, uh, the Christian poet Petrarch unearthed ancient Latin manuscripts and began to distribute them and popularize them. And uh, and in doing so, there was a, a, a revival, renewal of thinking and learning and humanism spread and so during this time with the uh, Latin manuscripts, uh, several different popes uh, asked, uh, asked Michelangelo to, uh, to, to creatively uh, use his gifts of sculpture and, and painting. And so Pope Julius II, Leo X, Clement VII, and Paul III um, they all asked him to uh, to paint uh, create paintings and sculptures that reflected the Renaissance age and under Julius II he accepted the project Michelangelo accepted the project of the Sistine Chapel so from 1508 to 1512 he created the frescoes um, and then in 1534 he actually returned to paint the altar wall with the last Judgement. Michelangelo is known for many of his sculptures, such as the David, which is uh, in Italy, uh, the Pietà, with uh, that shows Mary and uh, the crucified, uh, her crucified son Jesus Christ, and he created what's known as Moses. And so in all of that, we thank God for the gifts of men and women creatively that help spread the gospel. And the Sistine Chapel is one of those. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, podcast episode. I know it's a little longer than usual, but I love the book of Daniel. And hopefully it encourages you to evangelize because evangelism is not complete until the evangelist, uh, the evangelized become the evangelist. I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground.